everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today we're talking Tales of the Abyss, part two. Same as the first episode because we record roughly 25 seconds after we record the first one. Is Luke? Hello. <laughs> it caught me off guard. That I only had 25 seconds to prepare. <laughs> and Craig. Hello. <laughs> so how have you guys been since the first episode? Great, excellent. I've actually went on to complete the game since the first one. I started <laughs> one. That's great. That's very, very good. <laughs> Alright, so just as the disclaimer, the gloves are off, we will talk spoiler stuff. So if you are playing this at the moment and you don't want anything spoiled for you, then you might want to hold up on this. Other than that, alright, let it rip, guys. Van's the baddie, he's trying to kill everyone on the planet. And he dies at the end. And he dies at the end. When did you guys have him paid for the bad guy? It was, I think it was at Coral Castle, I'm like, oh yeah, Van's the big bad. Yeah, that's not shortly after I tapped out, actually, I think. Also doesn't help that his voice actor just sounds like a bad guy. That's, I mean, more than anything, if you had to go with stereotypes and stuff, he sounds bad. Well, he, for me, he's the voice actor of Astaroth, which is a very, very big bad guy in Soul Calibur. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> no he's not going to be a good no guy. That. Totally yeah, is, so right? it took like <laughs> 20 seconds before I was like, that's Astaroth. He's the bad guy. <laughs> Does he have the big, what was it he used in Soul Calibur? Is it not like a big hammer or something? Giant axe, man. Giant axe. So Soul Calibur. What do you guys think of Soul Calibur? I miss Bear or Rock or whatever he was called. Rock? Yeah, yeah. Rock. Rock is just kind of a neutered Astro. He was my man. guy, though. You need the. F- well, Astroth is my guy, so we should uh, get Soul Calibur Six in. You know, have some. Is fun. he in it? No. Can't <laughs> 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 have fun with it. Oh, oh yeah, my goodness. Okay. Good shot. <laughs> All right, so let, let, we're going to pull back yeah. the curtain a little bit. This is going to be a little hard for us just because f- we're kind of negative on this game. Like, being completely honest, this one was a slog to get through for me. And I don't want to give the impression that because I dislike it, that makes me think that nobody should ever play this and it's bad. Oh. Do you guys know what I mean? Hang yeah. on, great. So this is exactly my point. I don't know if, if you've listened to the previous episode. I left us on a cliffhanger, I think. Um, right, so I felt really bad about this. I'm just going to do this, Dave, by the way. Sorry, we're a hijack it. We'll do the story later. I felt really bad about this because, you know, Austin's clearly invested a lot of time in our podcast, which is amazing. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And you've... you've su- Props, Yeah, dog. you've suggested a game that you hold very dearly to us. And, you know... I feel obliged to play it. I think the, the rest of the guys would because you've, you've put a lot of time into the podcast. And I don't think it's fair for me to sit and hassle a game that I've got no nostalgia for and I'm playing for the first time, what, 13 years after its release on a genre that isn't my favourite. And it just brings me back to my memories of Craig doing Ocarina of Time, which is one of my favourite games, for um, Operation Sequel. And getting really not annoyed with him but just like why don't you know the why don't you know this stuff why hasn't it captured you like it captured (laughs) me when i was 15 and it's totally this scenario of it's quite difficult to go back and play a game that you've got no nostalgia for and as a whole is it fair to criticize it as as much as we are do you guys get what i'm getting at yeah i mean for me it's given me 
I've I've I'm at sixty seven hours, right? And I'm not gonna finish it just now. I'm maybe never <laughs> finish it. Probably never finish it. I know I've only got a few hours yeah, left. Say, let's be honest here. I'm Greg, never gonna finish it. I'm never gonna finish it. But what it's done is it's laid a solid foundation of this series that's let me say, do you know what? I am not gonna force myself to finish this game that I'm not enjoying because of the age of it. I'm going to pick up a more modern version, a more modern title in the same series, and I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much sure I'm going to enjoy it and really, really get on with it. So this has been eye-opening for me, not in going, this is the best Tales game I've ever played. It's it's been a, great to introduce me to the series, and I think the things that it let me down on were more age-related things that you like you say you just don't have the nostalgia for it it's a lot it's a huge hurdle it's a huge hurdle that you so you don't get with a retro platformer or you know a wee shot on an arcade game or something when you talk about retro games if you jump into something like this it's a huge commitment to that side of things so for you, this is like if somebody showed you a Roger Moore James Bond movie, and while you might not like it, you're at least interested enough to go, I wonder what the Craig movies are like. Yeah. Uh, no, that's the opposite. I would say ignore. <laughs> I was using it as an example. Okay? Ignore the, the Craig movies. I don't movies. want to get into Bond here. You're totally right with that statement, um, though, Dave. See, yeah. I, I think that I kind of disagree with both of you guys. But you, you've always and said say, that you're the guy that wants to check out games as like a historian point of view. I, I love it. I yeah. love it. Old games are great. That doesn't mean they're always good. Like, here, here's my value when it comes to retro stuff. Because I love retro stuff. I have hundreds more retro games than I do new games. I think you're giving too many allowances for it to be a retro game. Because that's kind of the whole standard you should judge retro games by. It is a good retro game if it never matters what time you play it. So that this was my next point, and thank you for the segue, Dave, is, you know, Ocarina of Hang Time... Hang on. Hang on. What? Dave got your segue. He did. Yeah, I, I didn't get you... St- it's charging. I'm sorry, it was supposed to be a game. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, I'll um, take the I got a game, and he got a segue. <laughs> <laughs> I got Battlefront oh. 2 last year, and now it's a segue. It's perfect. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Um, now you can ride your segue at Star Wars cons and look like a dude. <laughs> oh my god, sorry, look. Sorry, look. We've, segue yeah, away. Segue, segue away. away. Yeah, so Ocarina of Time, you know, I played it a couple years ago. I completed it, and I can still appreciate original or 3d 3D remake remake. but i've played the n64 one as well little Uh bits of it um okay i can still appreciate that game and i still think it's great but i can see its warts and in today's standards it doesn't stand up so i can understand what why craig's response is like that it's hard for me to critique a game if i've never played it before and this is my first time playing it and i don't have the same amount of JRPG history that you have. You psychopath playing all the Final Fantasy games. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Like, I think gaming as a culture is still so young. And I don't mean culture as in, you know, low what shit posting stuff. I mean, culture as in the body of work that we've done. It Not us. Good, good Lord. No, we didn't do anything. But it's only, what, 40 years old? Yeah. Yeah. That's it? So I think... We're 
scared to say, no, we have actually evolved. This stuff is now musty. It's old. It's dusty. Yes, it's important historically, but like you can't hold them up to the same regard as newer good games. And I think that's some of the problem is we're all scared to say, no, that stuff we grew up with, it was good, but not now. It's it's not anymore. Yeah. Like, here's a good example. Like, look at some of the better 50s monster movies, right? Like, you know, it, it can't, not it came from the desert, like them or things like that, where at the time that was a good monster movie. Now it's it's not anymore, and you're only playing it for the historical or the camp value of it. And we're okay doing that with film. We're not okay doing that with games yet. It's a shame, though, because, I mean, yeah, maybe films from the 50s, but there's an argument that the last, I don't know, 40, 50 years worth of film still kind of holds up. The good stuff still holds up. It doesn't have the same degradation as a game from a PlayStation 2 or a PlayStation 1. And that's it's a shame because it's the only media that seems to be affected by it. You could argue that books written hundreds of years ago are still as good and relevant as the ones now because the format... Depending on how racist and terrible <laughs> yeah. they are, yes. Well, um, but the format hasn't changed. You know, when you watch a film, you're looking at something visual and there's the audio aspect as well. You're right. In the game, uh, games are mainly mechanic-based and graphics-based as well. And that that's always going to improve. And I, that's maybe why I don't like going back to retro games as much because there's always something better there's always something new and shiny and it, as a historian point of view or as as you like to be I don't know how you don't get frustrated with that old stuff because surely very little stands up yeah you're right you're you know you know I was going to hedge my bets there but no you're you're absolutely right very little does stand up if you look at most of what people hold as the holy grails in the very harsh light of objectivity of is it fun to play today or is it more hassle than it's worth? A lot of it doesn't hold up. So I, I think at this point we're scared to say that because you can't say Super Mario Brothers 1 isn't fun anymore. I mean, it is, but you know, I'm using yeah. it as an example. Or like, let's use what I know. You can't say that, you know, well, Ocarina of Time isn't really that fun anymore. It, it's clunky. The, the draw distance ruins the game. There's there's no enemy variety. Combat is very simplistic. You can't say that because at the time, that was amazing. Yeah. And so now we kind of have to hold that as amazing for the rest of our days, at least on the internet. And I don't find it frustrating because this is where we came from. And it's interesting for me to see where we come from compared to where we are now. Yeah, uh, this just reminds me of Sonic 2, where, you know, I picked it for a retro rewind, expecting it to be finally a good game. And <laughs> <laughs> I got to the end of it, and I was just really disappointed with it, and thought, oh. I don't really want to do that anymore. I'm not going to pick games that <laughs> that I, I hold really high. Uh, Zelda was a fluke, and I, I think Wind Waker would still have, I'd still have the same amount of love for it as I did when I was a kid. Oh, Wind Waker is still fantastic. Yeah, that's not going to go away. Okay, there's a good example. Wind Waker is a game that, even though it came out in the GameCube era, still is a lot of fun. There's not too many warts to it besides, you know, a a gameplay mechanic mistake they would make nowadays, as in that you have to go to too many dungeons and you're backtracking. We still do that today. So on that argument, you've got one GameCube game there. Yeah. Give me another two or three maybe even five GameCube games that still hold up because you're looking at an exceptional game 
to still be relevant to in okay. today's standards. Right. Um, okay, something that you could give to, say, a teenager today, and they would still think it's as fun as what's out yeah. today. Super Monkey Ball! <laughs> That's a very good one, by the way. Super Monkey um, Ball. Mario Sunshine? Super Monkey Ball. I like Mario Sunshine. No. no. Yeah! I, I think... I think because that hover jet thing okay. really screws All that right. game. right, okay, okay. Um, Mario Kart, Double Dash. Double Dash is amazingly fun still. Yeah, so, I'm going to take away previous games, apart from like SNES ones, but m- why would you play Double Dash when you've got Deluxe 8 or 8 Deluxe? So over the past two days, <laughs> I have played <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> every, every single Mario Kart with the kids, every single Mario Kart right the way through and after we played a couple of tournaments in each title Emily said right can we play Mario Kart 8 now (laughs) 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 oh okay no right let's put on Mario 64 and we'll start again and then we finish it (laughs) right can we play Mario Uh, Kart 8 Mario 64 has not aged no god no very well at all it has aged like a fine milk curded cheese Luigi's Mansion Um, Gamecube yeah, good one. Perfect game. Luigi's Mansion is a great Pick game. Maybe. All right, but let's keep it to RPGs, right? Okay. okay. Because they're like this weird subsection of games to where what works for an RPG doesn't work for a platformer, yeah. and, you know, that kind of stuff. Playing through Final Fantasies, man, I was always excited to get to the next one, not just because, well, it's newer, we're getting closer to, you know, 15, but because at least with RPGs, the graphics don't matter too much. What matters the most is gameplay mechanics, as in battle mechanics, and the story, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's where RPGs can really stand, stand the test of time because you don't have to worry about what it looks like. You just have to worry about the battles that I'm getting into time after time after time. Is it still going to be fun? And to be honest, I've never played an RPG that remained that way the entire time. Mm. Even RPGs that I love, like 15. No, I was bored of the battle system after a while. You just get bored of it. And then you have the story. And that's the only two things I think you should really grade RPGs on. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and yeah. I, Sorry. But yeah, like it took me... Actually, it really wasn't until I started hanging out with you guys that I learned something very important. And it's taken me a long time to grasp this. And I'm not trying to push any kind of agenda. But just because you like something and you're fond of it, you have great memories about it doesn't make it good but that also doesn't make it bad to like it there, there's a ton ton of games that i have a lot of affection for and i love them and they were historically important mm-hmm. but they don't hold up they just don't and i think once we can kind of embrace that of like this was important but it's not fun because that's what games brook in right like when i said movies and books they don't really deal in terms of is it fun like games do. Because who goes to the movies and goes, that was a fun movie. No, it's, it was a good movie. Yeah. And a good story. You know, Nobody says fun. Fun is this nebulous thing that games, that's the most important thing to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes it, it, it just don't age. I don't understand why you would why you would remove that nostalgia band-aid. You know, that feel-good <laughs> warmth that you get because, of memory. Because, okay, okay, so when you played Sonic yeah. 2... Right, you started it up going. This game is amazing. This game is great. And then you started playing it, and I'm sure you sort of felt your heart start to sink into your stomach. By the end of it, I was like, like, "Thank God for Sonic Mania because it it, it's how I remember Sonic." (laughs) So then, at the end of you experiencing that again, you had a choice. You could either be a honest and say, 
no, I don't think this is held up. Or B, go back and take the other color pill and be like, no, Sonic 2 is a classic. It's amazing. Weren't you there? You're probably stupid kids. You're playing Fortnite and COD. What do you know? Sonic 2 is amazing. There's that choice you have to make when you finally realize personally, oh, this isn't fun for me anymore. All I have left are so, memories. Well, that, there was a third option where I'm honest about Sonic 2 being not as good. I'm thankful that Sonic Mania is around to give me that warm fuzzies. But there's also that feeling that I don't want to touch a game that I hold high up again because I like the feeling of... I guess it'd be the same if we all played um, Maniac Mansion. Was it Maniac Mansion we played? No, Day of the Tentacle. I really liked that game. I really, really liked that game. But I would have felt bad for Craig if all of us totally hated it because that's big oh, part that, of his childhood and he hated it as I well. I would have felt bad. Ah. Well, yeah, but I mean, I guess that, that, that then we're talking how much somebody else's opinions can reflect you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I have no problem in the world if I said, hey, guys, we should play Armored Core 5. <laughs> and then let's say you guys were all like, yeah, it's sort of okay, yeah. nothing really great. Hopefully they come out with a new one. I mean, if that was to happen, I would feel crushed. <laughs> did, did we hurt your but feelings? luckily, it hasn't <laughs> No, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I still like yeah. Armored Core Verdict Day a lot. And while it's interesting to hear your opinions on it, that doesn't really detract from me. It's just, you know, when you find somebody that truly does like it the way you do, that makes it all the more special. It does. And that was like the whole point behind Day of the Tentacle was I knew that none of you were going to be like point and click madheads. Like, can I can I just add to my statement that I really enjoyed Day of the Tentacle when I used a guide and didn't have to piss about like, yeah. trying every answer possible? So in other words, you enjoyed it as a YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah, and a trophy experience. <laughs> Would you, uh, if somebody was to say to you, I want to play a really good game mm -hmm. and just leave it at that. Would you really recommend a point or click, or do you know in your heart of hearts, this is kind of musty? Um, not musty. I wouldn't say musty. It's, that's more of a genre thing, because I know they're very, 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 kind of, like, these days, nobody likes them. Or very few do. No, there, I, I think you're wrong. There are more point-and-click adventure fans now than f 10 years ago. Like, maybe it's because you don't brook in YouTube like my daughter oh, does yeah, and I end up true. noticing a lot. Yeah. They're huge on yeah, Let's Play. Yeah, oh. them. Maybe I, I should get into YouTube. So point-and-clicks are coming back. Do you know what I played yesterday? Two-player. Tells the abyss. Lethal Enforcers. I get so, so, so many flashbacks to my childhood playing Lethal Enforcers. It was amazing then. Oh, that blue gun. Yeah. And I was playing it and I was thinking, this is absolutely terrible. But the the fact that the game was terrible when I played it yesterday, I actually stopped playing it with a wee buzz of, oh man, I remember that being so good. It was so fun doing this, that. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what, I might be the way I'm wild. You know what? If you want to play something really good that's light gun, look up a series called Point Blank. I've played that. Yeah, it's a good game. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. WarioWare with a light yeah. gun game. It's really fun. So, our generation now, like mid 30s, because in case you didn't know, listener, we're all in our 30s. Hey, I just find out we're classed as millennials, by the way. I was fucking raging yesterday. We're, we're millennials. There's no, we're not yeah, millennials. 82. We're the me generation, not oh, millennials. That's what I thought, but I watched the thing yesterday saying that anyone born 82 onwards is a uh, millennial. That person was, was born, that in person 81. born in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but our generation, specifically now, 
we're going through that phase that hits every generation where nostalgia becomes the most important thing. You will spend hundreds of dollars to get a glimpse of your childhood back. And for most of our generation, that is going to be video games. And so that's why you're seeing the NES Classic and the SNES Classic and the yeah. PlayStation Classic coming soon. They're going to sell like crazy because everybody wants a piece of their childhood from our generation. And I think now is the time we're really going to have to start looking at things through nostalgia glasses or companies are going to take massive amounts of advantage over us because, hey, guys, here's a collection of games. Pay $30 for it. Sure, they're all easily emulatable and you can probably find them in a better package somewhere. But isn't it nice to think of your childhood? Yeah. Like... Uh Look at Ready Player One, right? That is the worst, most insipid piece of crap I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. That dude oh. spooged all over Steven Spielberg in the 80s. Yeah, it it does feel like we're getting to and that point. And we lived through some of the 80s, man. Yeah. It, it's weird. Like, and I remember going to, like, as a teenager, going to the pub, and we used to speak to this older guy who was like a metalhead. Uh, from the 80s and like nothing nothing modern was ever good for him film music um books it's just no it's not as good as whatever i listened to or read or watched when i was younger and i remember thinking like first of all you're such a douche and second of all like <laughs> how the fuck did you get to that point of being like so bitter about everything and then it's as i've got older i'm just like he's living in this rose tinted past of like everything is really good from from back then and i find that like youtube is starting to push me towards nostalgia sometimes like it's it's odd I, i'll get like a oh here's a cartoon theme from when you were younger on your suggestions or here's a wrestler that you really enjoyed when you were a kid and stuff like it, it's it's odd and it's the, yeah i, I i'm a, i'm susceptible to it too but then you have those videos where it's like the caustic end of that where it's like oh these kids don't know how to use a game boy what a bunch of stinking millennials. Yeah. They don't deserve to live. Go play Fortnite. And that really, really sets yeah, me up. Yeah, that winds me up as well. Like, yeah, it's like, I don't understand why our generation insists that what we played, as primitive as it is, honestly, it's very primitive stuff compared to today. Why that should remain so indelibly important in a landscape of gaming that is just evolving on top of itself so quickly now. It's not just our generation, man. It's maybe just the game inside of it. But, I mean, you got, like, people, like, you know, my parents' age. Oh, yeah, like our grandparents swearing the 50s were the greatest time ever. Or the Beatles ever. were the best thing in the world or, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's cyclical, but now it's our generation's term in terms of mass market. However, I don't think that argument holds up because... You know, look at the modern day game. That's exactly my point. I don't go back and play old games or because they don't hold up. Yeah, but you're weird. You know how many <laughs> people on the internet will not admit if all they do is play newer games? I mean, look how many forum posts start with, I've been playing games since the 80s, so I know yeah. what I'm talking about. I tend to avoid those or places. I, I've played all, all this. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I know, but you see it yeah, no matter yeah. where you go. So, I mean, you're weird in the fact that you're like, no, I, I, I like newer games. Like, if you ask me, yeah, I'm more looking forward to newer games than I am to playing older games. I'm the same way. But that's kind of odd. It's, Nobody does, says that. Maybe it's that, the, really. the experience of doing the podcast that's done it. Oh, yeah. The podcast has really changed the way I look at hmm. some things. Sorry, Craig. Yeah. I keep on interrupting you. No, it's fine. All I was going to say is I feel very much... You feel more open... I feel more open now about saying I don't like that. I do like that. I don't feel the need to 
you know, like try and force myself into this. Stereo. You were a windy fencer yeah, when we yeah, first started, Yeah, like sir. proper, proper <laughs> fencer. And I still fence it on occasion, but only with good reason. Um, before I would fence it out of fear of, you know, like being mocked one way or the other. Now I fence it with good arguments and <laughs> screwed lotties type thing. Um, oh, no, yeah, I, I absolutely agree because, you know, I mean, uh, games are kind of what I do. Mm-hmm. And if I don't want to say an unpopular opinion that you're not a real gamer, I'll be mortified uh-huh. if somebody says. I, I, doing the podcast has at least made me think about games in a very different way, mm. not in like a you know Ponzi and what they're really trying to say here, yeah. kind of way, but in, in a huh, is this really worth my time? And do I think it's fun? It's really reflective, like it's turned me into a reflective person, yeah, not definitely. in a really good positive way. It's weird because like our angles on games have so. I would say that I was kind of in between on my genre game. Like I, I kind of liked a bit of everything, but the more I do this, the more I'm kind of pushed towards games that of a certain angle. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm finding that like I may be chasing nostalgia in some ways, where I'm picking games that are like spiritual successors or the latest version of a game. But I'm definitely following a path of like fighting games and more. Um, at the moment, it's like. Baldur's Gate type RPGs which are giving me the fuzzies of playing old games without going back and playing the old game if you know what I mean yeah well um, you, you bring up a good point because like look at what Wonder Boy did yeah. for you yeah it, and I mean if you if somebody just handed you that Wonder Boy cart you wouldn't have felt the same way about Wonder Boy as you did after you played the new one I almost yeah, guarantee yeah it. definitely so it's it's like that stuff is very important, and I I will continue to play some of the worst games in the world <laughs> when you pick them because <laughs> yeah when I pick them like Micro Machines or Cosmic Spacehead <laughs> you know a bunch of these games that I've picked they're just yeah. god awful yeah. <laughs> on the on the chance that you will get Alien Soldier yeah. you will get Wild Guns you'll get Otakis you there are these things that are still very good that you'll run across mm-hmm. and sometimes you just need to sift through. You know what it is? Gaming now is a giant thrift store bin. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to have your 82 copies of the Matrix in there. You're going to have a bunch of just like crappy dual here's a Johnny Depp triple feature discs in there. But every once in a while you'll find an amazing thing at the bottom of it that becomes a new favorite. But we don't like to admit that we have a bin full of the Matrix. I like that game when it came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You liked Enter the Matrix? Uh, ooh. Ah. Uh, ooh. Anyway, so so after that little... By the way, Austin, you you, you prompted a really good conversation there. So you get a I'm really on. glad that conversation happened um, because I was so worried that we were going to just completely destroy Austin's hopes of what we would do with one of his favorite games. But that that's what I was looking forward to this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was a little worried too. But anyway, so let's get back mm. to Tales of the Abyss. <laughs> All right, good night, folks. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the story for a second, because I think I differ from you guys in the fact that I liked the story, or wait, I liked the narrative, but not the story. Whatever, I liked the grand theme of yeah, it. Yeah, oh no, I'm I'm with but, you on that. Uh, I like I like the underlying, the foundation of the story, where it what what it what it does, or what I understood it does, much more than the bit on top of it. Building up off of top of what Austin said of like how this is a game about identity, I think you're absolutely right. 
I think this asks a very interesting question of what becomes of your identity when you find out your identity is not actually your mm-hmm. identity. Like that's a very yeah. interesting question that could have led to some really cool ideas. But I think sadly it falls into the anime trap here where they go to one knee, they yell mm-hmm. a bunch, everybody goes, oh, uh-huh. and then you just move on. Um, I, I like, often wonder I think, what, what would happen if I just realized that I wasn't me, I was a clone of me. Well, yeah, or, you know, you wake up tomorrow and you realize this has all been a coma dream. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Your pro- productivity will increase massively. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think my major gripe with this game was the way the story was delivered. And it's those anime um things that... I still watch anime to today's and I find that this doesn't really hold up. It does a lot of things that anime did back in that time, such as something big has just happened and one character has figured it out but he won't say anything and that was happening too much um i also oh the is could he be dot 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 no never mind oh yeah that's a that's a killer i've just picked up this disc could it be this what what is it you've picked up oh you wouldn't understand or i'll tell you later or you know like but it was happening just about at every possible Mm -hmm. point to the point where i i was just bouncing off the story and then it was added with the like Luke has been sheltered and he's he doesn't understand the world around him. He doesn't feel like he needs to because he's from a wealthy family, and that's cool. They also bring that into the story where people give him explanations which are overly complicated, and it just goes straight over his head. Now they've done that by the the actual explanation being overly complicated rather than the character being stupid. And I've got pages of notes trying to figure out all these phonic arts. And like, uh-huh. <laughs> honestly, I mean, I, I, I can follow some quite in-depth stuff, I think, when I watch TV shows and films. And I'll normally figure out a plot quite quickly. But my God, was I struggling with this. <laughs> my Google Drive is just full. But was I mean, it the seventh phone stone that got you, Luke? I mean, because the seventh phone stone is the most important. I've been told. Don't make me I, think about it. Don't forget <laughs> about the planet ring. I and I decided to not take notes within the first half an hour of the game. Well, actually, maybe within the first 15 <laughs> minutes of the game. I decided to not take notes on the story because I, that's, that's a wee bit sarcastic. It was later on than that. But there was one scene where you enter and it's your dad and your ma and you're, you, get, <laughs> you go back out. You've been hanging about with Guy and they don't like that. And you leave... And your ma's like, oh, he was captured seven years ago and he can't remember anything before that. That was so difficult. And the, the other guy's like, what? He was ca-? And it like explains everything in painful detail and really chunky text. Not chunky, really. St- not at all like people would Yeah, talk. not at all like people. And it, it was then I th- Welcome to anime. I, I was just like, hmm, okay, right, I'll move on. And then there's a scene not long after that where you're with Tear and you pick up an apple at a stall and Tear's like, uh, some guy's like, oh, you, you're stealing my apple. And Tear, <laughs> he didn't sound like that at all. And Tear's like, look, you have to pay for apples. Here, you, when you t- t- pick up something, you must pay for blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, everything's... It is an exchange for currency. Yes, good, yes. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah, stuff, even if you're seven years old, you'd remember. Yeah, and that's the thing that got me, was a wee bit, whoa, that's different. Okay, like, I see what they're going for, and I think they have a good idea, right? Like, the good idea is, if 
and every RPG series at some point thinks this, if you make your character an amnesiac, then while he's learning about the world he lives in, the player will also be yep. learning about the world he lives in. And that's a trap that a lot of people fall into because I'm sorry, he's going to know some of this stuff. He's not an absolute no. dunce. Yeah. Well, he is, but you know what I mean. And number two, they fall into the trap of throwing so many terms at you so quickly and to kind of allude to the fact that, well, see, this world has depth. Look at all this different stuff that's going on in this world. When it doesn't actually make you feel that way, it makes you just kind of go, uh, oh, oh yeah. boy, okay, what are we doing? Yeah, You know, like like when when Luke asks to have phonic arts explained uh -huh. to him, you, they didn't have to go into like this huge detail. About, well, you see, there's the phone stones, and there's the phone stone of wind, and the phone stone of fire, and then you have the seventh phone stone. You didn't have to do that. You could have had a simpler explanation that would have worked for Luke at the time, and then your knowledge of what it is could have moved when Luke learns more That's about the thing, it. That's the thing, they missed the trick. But instead... That. I mean, Guy would have been the perfect character to explain yeah. all this stuff to him because he knew what Luke was like. But they, th th when I got Guy in my team and I realized that he wasn't going to save me <laughs> from all of this walls of mess, <laughs> it was the same with the characters. I mean, like, you've got different generals with, like, weird titles and, like, this huge political war also, going on. Also, how is Jade a necromancer? He did not once raise a dead body. Oh, what? Not once. Why is he called the necromancer? Because I heard necromancer and went, oh, that guy's in my party. I mean, come on. I've played Diablo. I played Diablo, hey. too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I, I see what you I, They fell into traps. And they're traps you can see in a lot of games when you look for it. Like, oh. Oh, I see what you guys are doing. Out of curiosity, guys. The other characters in the game, like, you know, you're not, not so much the tertiary ones, like the Kings and whatnot, but you know, Annis and Guy and Natalia, did any of them at all resonate with you? I shouldn't have said the word resonate because you see a hyper resonance <laughs> is when two phone arts got. No, but Luke can resonate, he can resonate himself or something like that. He can double resonate himself. <laughs> I'm an egg. Yes. Which, by the way, um, Craig. Yes. And Luke, no, you played what? Luke. Um, did this game scream a prompto to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was weird. There, there's a I, lot of Final Fantasy yeah. 15 in here, <laughs> or vice versa. Just didn't know if you caught that. Um, it's like the 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 spoiled prince, uh -huh. the clone that doesn't know. It's like, oh yeah. wow, maybe they played Tales of. I, I mean, you could you can only think because there are a few pretty major things like that, especially the clone thing. That took me by surprise. Um, I actually yeah. um, see myself as Luke for a lot of the time I was playing this because I can double resonate myself in real life as well. <laughs> do or you hyper wear, resonate? I do at do, least twice a do day. Do you show your midriff at the weekends? <laughs> I don't really have a midriff anymore. I would imagine it's more like a midraft <laughs> at this a point. A midrab. Mid-trap <laughs> at this point. Well, uh, one of the things I, wa I wanted to talk about because I, I did finish it mm -hmm. and I saw it through to the end, and I turned it off very quickly after the last cutscene. But it also has a problem with the characters don't always act the way they're supposed to. 
which I, I get for drama's sake, right? Like, oh, I can't believe he did that. But they tend, like, the characters they portray in the skits are not exactly the characters that are in the game. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, they will act like two different people. Like, say, uh, take Annis, for example. She will act very different in the skits than she does in the actual story. Because they'll do weird things like comedic, 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 and then serious, never hinting at what just happened in the skits or things like that. Nothing ever has any correlation here. It's kind of like each skit is its own little universe where what happens in the skit stays in yeah. the skit. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Totally. Because it is, it is, they could be incredibly angry at you and wanting to lop your head off in a skit. You come out of that and all of a sudden you're buds again. And you're like, hang on. What's just Yeah, it's, it's just a little weird. Mm. And also, I mean, every character being its own. I guess here's my problem. And I'm a man who enjoys a lot of stupid things. Just do. Me and Craig were talking earlier today about how great Airplane yep. is. And I'll tell you what, Airplane is a very dumb movie. Very, very dumb. But watch but, it, please. Yeah, well, totally you should watch it. Watch that. Watch Python. Watch, watch everything dumb. It's great. But this borderlines on childish sometimes. Like, here's a good example. You have Guy. With the whole, don't touch me if you have boobs, it freaks me out thing. Right? And the reason why that is the way it is, they don't correlate at all. If you have PTSD because a bunch of dead women fell on top of you, and you're the reason they died, mm -hmm. you're not going to be that comedic about the way that manifests itself. But they play it for that childish anime thing kind of thing which is weird yeah did you ever get the feeling this game isn't translated very well i'm not trying to, to like defend the anime stuff because it's not indefendable but uh, like yeah i know you watch Naruto, <laughs> that's indefensible. whoa indefensible I still run with my hands behind my back okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, uh, see, that's the thing. I don't know if it is translation or not, because everything about this game production value-wise is good. I don't see why they would put the money into getting good voice actors and getting, you know, um, drawing good anime and all this stuff and then go, ah, skimp on the translation, mm, it's fine. No, because it doesn't feel disjointed, yeah. it just feels anime. Yeah. I It, it just reminded me of watching shit anime at when I was a teenager. What, what, out of curiosity, what constitutes shit anime for you? Uh, just about everything remember? at the time was, I mean, even Dragon Ball was, was poor. Um, Dragon Ball is the worst, but it's also yeah, the it, it, You, you kind of like it, the cheese. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of the stuff they showed here on G4 and uh, Attack of the, uh, Attack of the something, I can't remember, was just awful stuff. Like duel and bubblegum crisis and just oh yeah, yeah. you're ringing bells there yeah um <laughs> um so should we wrap this up into final thoughts um does anybody have anything else they want to say I've got nothing that I want to say that isn't a final thought <laughs> why can't you just say no okay that's <laughs> what 
because he's turning into an anime character oh god <laughs> oh dear god i'm so sorry i didn't mean that to sound if it helps any craig i enjoy your verba verbosity oh, i'm trying i'm trying you know why I, you know it's just charming to hear Thank your voice you. unlike luke <laughs> <laughs> which by the way okay this is the last thing so yeah luke we have played a game where your namesake is the main character. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? To Luke's everywhere. I, it was total fucking karma this... for me slagging knock this. Because then I got... Because <laughs> this is the worst version. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know of any Craigs in any video games. Craig, do you know of any? Um, No, not, not at all. There used to be... Um, was there not a footballer called Craig... Uh, Patterson, actually? He played for Dundee, I think. Yeah, there was, there was, because I googled you after we were friends for okay, a while. Okay, right, there we oh, go. He's a footballer. So, <laughs> there thought? might be a FIFA out there that has my namesake. <laughs> uh, other than that, no, I'm not sure. Um, I'm okay, because Jonathan, man, Castlevania's got me covered. I have a good namesake. So we need to find a better game for Luke and Craig. Uh, well, I'm playing so if you have any Red games, Dead 2 just now, and I have named my horse Luke. That's better than that, Luke and this. <laughs> I called my horse Roach. Why didn't I do that to begin with? My first horse was called Buck. Ah. Uh -huh. Well, you need a really good horse to be called Roach, and then you need to just run him off a cliff, break his neck, and then get another one named no. Roach. When my first horse dies, I'm going to be naming the rest of them Roach. <laughs> All right, so let's do final thoughts then. Craig, you can start us All off. All right, then. Um. Well, yeah. So, as I've said a couple of times now, I have played quite a lot of this game and I'm not going to finish it. I will now just be completely bluntly honest. But there are a lot of... Keep them real dead, Craig, right till the end. I oh, know. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot good in this game. The underlying things of it, the underlying themes in the story for me stand out. It really, really, really got me hooked on it. And that's what kind of carried me through more than how it was played, the combat system and all that, it was the underlying story and themes that kept me going. The other thing that I really liked was the um, the complexity of the menu system. We never even spoke about the menu system or how deep you can get into food crafting and it's other things. Better than Red Dead. Yep, it certainly Ooh. is better than Red Dead's. And it's turned me on to the series as a whole because I think if I can get my head around the anime side of things, I'll probably rather enjoy one. So that is my final thought is thank you, Austin, for introducing this to me and I am going to go on and play a PS4 one. You won't. Also, see at the very, very end. <laughs> um, <laughs> see, Luke and Ash are the same person, right? And at the end... Is it Luke or is it Ash that comes back? Is it Ash that's Luke? I can't tell oh, you. Oh, okay. You just have to finish it oh, to find don't out. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I won't tell you that because, you know, I mean, that's the one thing it'll have. It'll sit in the back of your brain for the next <laughs> 20 years. If only we did have a search engine that was easily available. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Web crawler? No, that died years ago, no, man. Ask Jeeves. Is it Luke or Ash? Is that still going? Um, I think it's porn now. I'm not too sure. <laughs> Everything's porn now. Well, you'll get a much better answer, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Luke, you want to close this out or you want me to close um, this out? 
yeah, let me go next because you finished it. You'll probably have more to say. Okay. Um, yeah, all, all I can say is thank you for the the, the suggestion, Austin. Uh, sorry, I couldn't finish it. It's it's not the game. It's more me. It probably is the game. Um, but <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's not it's not fair for me to slag a game that you you hold so dearly because a lot of the games I hold dearly you probably wouldn't like either. And uh, like Craig, I would be interested in playing one of the modern ones. I can't promise I'll finish it. I'm just in a weird funk with games at the moment, but. Uh, I didn't enjoy this <laughs> at all. <laughs> Funny story. Uh, was sat. I booked the wrong flight. I was meant to book a flight in the morning. I booked a flight in the evening, and I sat in a an airport for what ooh, eight hours. And I'd rather listen to the Tanoi guy saying flights were delayed than play this game. <laughs> <laughs> Just wasn't for me, I'm afraid. But yeah, thank you for listening. And unlike these two gentlemen, you know what I'm going to say to you, Austin? I'm going to (laughs) say, how dare you, sir? How dare you? First of all, Symphonia is better. Second of all, uh, well, being serious, I think games have a sell-by date. And if you don't play it in a certain window, it's not going to share with me the same things it shared with you. And I think this game is well past its sell-by date for me. Like, there's there was... In the beginning, all that was there was the combat system, and I really enjoy a good tales of combat system. It's fun. It's it's interesting to figure out how to juggle somebody or how you know you can keep a, an enemy from attacking by linking this into this and then quickly switching characters and linking into that. That has a lot of depth to it that I really enjoyed. Now, they all told you how long they played it for. Mm-hmm. I played it for 75 <laughs> hours, and I was well tired of this game by the time I was done. <laughs> And uh, it was a death march for the last three or four hours because I, I did a lot of the side stuff. Like I did the Coliseum and I beat the the protagonists of uh, Tales of Fantasia. You know, I did a lot of the side stuff. I didn't go to Bamco Island because that's like a long chain that I'm sure you know about and I should shut up. But giving this game all the time in the world that I gave it, I walked away from it glad I finished it and that was that. Like, I will never go back and play this again, but it didn't sour me like the other guys. It didn't sour me on Tales of. If anything, it kind of made me think that uh, I, I've skipped over this series for too long. Oh, there's an announcement. Like, even my wife. Operation sequel. What? Here it comes. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> this is This would be for personal pleasure only. Like, even my wife that has played most of the Tales of after Legendia. We couldn't remember if she'd played this or not. And that's because, for me, they all bled together. And I think that's kind of a problem with the Tales of series, where other series don't really have that problem, since they all share almost the same exact battle system. They all tend to bleed. But, like I said, I'm I'm, I, I'm sad I let this series sit dormant for so long. So I will be playing a newer one. Uh, I think I've have all the ps3 ones i'll probably start there but anyway the point being don't feel bad that we didn't like this yes definitely just because we didn't like this doesn't make it bad it doesn't make your opinion invalid it doesn't mean anything other than there's this guy named austin who likes his game that's cool wasn't for me wasn't for luke wasn't for craig mike really likes it sadly mike's not here but in the chat while we were going "Ooh, guys i'm not really getting along with this mike was like oh what are you doing it's great so Mike really likes it. But yeah, uh, it's just past its sell-by date for me, and I will never touch it again. 
So, if you would like to hear us slag your favorite game, like we did with this poor gentleman here, um, we this did kind of institute some rules we're going to put forward. It seems like everybody and their mother has an RPG that they like. Nobody's all like, dude, I love... Bucky O'Hare. You should to totally be fair, Bucky O'Hare was amazing. You know, everybody's got. We should play Bucky O'Hare. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That was great. To be fair, Dave, you kind of do it to yourself. So <laughs> you finished so many JRPGs. Like yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we did Persona, and then Yakuza, and yeah, we we kind of burn out a little bit on RPGs. So we have some other suggestions. So yes, if you have a game you'd like to suggest, I am up for playing anything, dog. But if it's RPGs, we're going to have a waiting list kind of thing. Because poor Luke, his face will implode if he has to play another RPG anytime it soon. He already has. <laughs> so you should see him. He's talking to a mass. tube. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> so we will get to your game, but we're going to do like maybe one in the spring and one in the fall. We're going to kind of split it up with a chunk of other games to kind of cleanse the palate a little bit. So if you do have suggestions, go ahead and suggest them. That's great. We'll take it. We'll put it on the list. But for right now, maybe cool it a little bit on the RPGs. If not, then no worries. No big deal. And you can suggest a game on our website. And that's thebiteffect.com. We have a little form you can fill out. And like Austin, if you do suggest a game... Uh, make sure to toss us an email or something, letting us know what you think about the game, you know, why you picked it, things like that. And we'll read you what you say on here too. slight bit of editing. Like, you know, there were a couple of times Austin was all like, you know, I really enjoy the show and I figured I should take that out because he won't after this. I'm sure. <laughs> so yeah, hit us up. We would love to try your game. What games you think are great. And I guess yeah. that's it. Right guys. Yeah. Join us next week. Right, on gentlemen. Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. No, don't join us. It's terrible. No, don't oh, join us. Spoilers. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, <laughs> anyway, so gentlemen, say, sing your favorite phonic hymn to the nice people before we go. I'm not doing that. Just good night, people. I'd rather say the alphabet <laughs> and cling on. Bye. As you can see, I'm here with two duds. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time on Michael Jackson's... <laughs> Say